Good morning. Today we will examine the future of bitcoins as a mode of digital investment as the virtual currency continues its bullish run. We will then examine increasing tensions between China and Taiwan in light of a fresh display of might from Beijing and finally discuss the lesser known Johnson & Johnson's COVID vaccine. Today is Thursday, the 25th of February. I am Arunava and you're listening to the Leaders Brief by Igor Monk. Bitcoin continued its record-hitting spree last week with the virtual currency hitting $52,932 on Friday at almost 60% surge in the month of February. However, even as Bitcoin edges towards a market capitalization of $1 trillion, economists remain wary of the digital currency's future. Talking about the world's most popular virtual currency, American stockbroker, financial commentator and radio personality Peter Schiff tweeted, quote, A financial asset is in a bubble when its price has no relationship to its underlying present value or a reasonable expectation of its future value. An investor conviction in price appreciation is high and fear of loss is low. At $50,000, Bitcoin is the biggest bubble of them all. End quote. At the time of the tweet, Bitcoin was trading at $50,907. Later that day, Bitcoin rose to hit a record $51,721. For reference on the massive growth the cryptocurrency has seen in the last decade, it should be mentioned that the value of Bitcoin in 2011 was $1 and had reached a maximum of $2. Mr. Schiff's analysis that the speculative bubble that Bitcoin is could soon implode, taking away millions from the wealth of owners is broadly based on the volatile, decentralized nature of the cryptocurrency. Indeed, the American economist's concerns are well-rooted and a devaluation of the cryptocurrency that has a fixed 21 million coins to be traded on and based on its 80% price volatility, Bitcoin continues to remain a very risky investment option. A report by a team of JP Morgan analysts suggested that the recent price action of Bitcoin came in a large part from speculations over future investments. Noting that the value of Bitcoin in the last six months have more than quadrupled without any major institutional flow, something that would be necessary for the virtual currency to find stability in a similar manner to that of gold, meant that retail impulse remains a major contributor to Bitcoin's rise. But a series of investment on the digital asset from companies, including the likes of Tesla, and considerations being made by payment platforms such as Visa to allow transactions in digital currency indicate that Bitcoin may continue its growth spree at least till the end of this year. But as long as local legislations in countries do not find a way to centralize the decentralized structure of blockchain currencies, all virtual assets will continue to have a volatility of over 70%. As American economist David Rosenberg said, quote, crypto is here to stay, but valuing it is next to impossible, end quote. That being said, recent updates on government legislations from major economies suggest that digital currency is slowly edging towards acceptance as a mainstream payment option. In such a scenario, while the future of Bitcoin remains volatile, it can be predicted that digital currencies will find itself in a central role in all major economies for local financial transactions. Moving on to some political development along the Taiwan Strait, in the latest show of increased military activity, four Chinese J-16 aircrafts, four J-8-7s, and an electronic warfare aircraft flew near the Taiwan-controlled Prata Silence, breaching the Republic of China's air defense zone. The development comes a month after the USA ended its decades-old restrictions on official contacts with Taiwan. Defending the decision, the then US Secretary of State Mike Pompeo had said, quote, The United States government took these actions unilaterally in an attempt to appease the communist regime in Beijing. Today, I'm announcing that I'm lifting all of these self-imposed restrictions." End quote. The USA had cut diplomatic ties with Taiwan to recognize the People's Republic of China in August 1982. The two Chinas have remained separated since the Chinese Civil War of 1949 that had forced the Kuomintang government under Chiang Kai-shek to exile in Taiwan. 
But Beijing continues to see Taiwan as part of its territory and has not ruled out the use of force to achieve reunification. In a separate act of stepping up military activity, last week four Chinese guard ships sailed near the Diotai Islands, an uninhabited region claimed by three countries, Taiwan, the People's Republic of China, and Japan. The development marked Beijing's first armed incursion since China passed a new Coast Guard law, authorizing its guards to inspect and use weapons on foreign vessels in waters claimed by Beijing. The law was passed on February 1st. Meanwhile, in the USA, Senator Rick Scott and Congressman Guy Reshenthaler reintroduced the Taiwan Invasion Prevention Act, or TIPA, to protect Taiwan from Communist China's growing aggression. The bill, if passed, would allow the USA to use military force in case of Chinese aggression against Taiwan. It should be mentioned here that China will announce its 2021 military budget next month and it is expected that the budget would make way for Beijing to increase dominance in and around the South China Sea. Moving on to some news about COVID vaccinations, Johnson & Johnson announced that it had submitted data to the World Health Organization for emergency use listing of its COVID-19 dose. The company said that the listing is a prerequisite for supplying vaccines to the COVAX vaccine program that the WHO has developed with Gavi and the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovations, or CEPI. The program is expected to provide large-scale infrastructural support in distributing COVID-19 vaccines globally, laying specific emphasis on poorer economies. The lesser-known Johnson & Johnson vaccine will make its debut in South Africa, which recently paused rollout of the AstraZeneca jab over concerns that it may be ineffective on a local variant of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. The vaccine is also under review by the U.S. health regulator and can come under discussion for emergency use authorization in the USA as early as this week. For underdeveloped and developing economies, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine provides several advantages, the primary being that unlike other available vaccine shots that require two doses, it can be administered in a single shot. The second important advantage that the Johnson & Johnson vaccine has is that of logistics and storage. The jab can be stored at normal fridge temperatures, allowing rollout in countries that lack sophisticated cold chain networks. According to statistics released by the company, the vaccine was 66% effective in preventing COVID-19 in a large-state-scale global trial against multiple variants of the coronavirus. The level of protection of the vaccine varied from 72% in the United States to 66% in Latin America and 57% in South Africa. That is all for today. Thank you for listening. We will be back tomorrow with more happenings from around the world. Tune into Egomong to stay updated on the latest happenings and their impact on global trade, technology, and innovation. Egomonk helps you make sense of change. We are a global intelligence platform delivering asymmetric outcomes by bringing organizations closer to the communities they want to serve and the leaders they wish to influence. Visit our website insights.egomonk.com that is I-N-S-I-G-H-T-S dot E-G-O-M-O-N-K dot C-O-M to subscribe and make better and faster decisions today. If you wish to collaborate with us, then please email us at contact at the rate egomonk.com.